Hello and welcome to this month's Comics Pals Book Club. We're here to talk about a book that features the villain Carnage, who will be making his big debut, his big screen debut, uh, in Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. This is a book that I think everyone has some type of memory of, whether it's from the video game titled Maximum Carnage or the comic book itself. We are talking about Spider-Man Maximum Carnage. This is a book that I have a close relationship with. Um, believe it or not, I wasn't reading comics at the time, but uh, I played a lot of that video game. Uh, so we're going to talk Hell about... Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, lo- I love that game. Uh, we're going to talk about the book. We're going to talk about um, the very interesting story that it tells about <laughs> a New York City that has gone absolutely crazy. Uh, which sounds about right, because I think New York City is crazy right now. So, full circle. Uh, this book is written by Tom DeFalco, uh, J.M. DeMattis, uh, Terry Cavanaugh, David Michelin, uh, with art by uh, Mark Bagley, Sal Bushima, Ron Lim, Tom Lyle, and uh, Alex Saviuk. Uh, inked by Sal Bushima, Sam, Sam De La Rosa, Randy Emberlin, Scott Hanna, Don Hodson, Al Milgram, Jim Sanders the third, uh, with letters by Steve Dutro, Chris Eliopoulos, uh, Rick Parker, Joe Rosen, and then colors by Joe Andriani, T- Jim Hostin, John Callis, Chris Mathis, Erica Morin, Bob Sharon, Kevin Tinsley, and Neil Yamtov. That list of creators is as long as the list of characters in this book. (laughs) It's as long as the book is. And that is all the time we have, actually. That's been our review. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, It took took everyone who worked at Marvel in 1993 to put this book together. Uh, And it is appropriately epic. So we're going to start... Uh, with the plugs, of course, I want to let you guys know, uh, if you enjoy this, make sure you leave us a follow, a rating, and a review. If you're listening on YouTube, hit the subscribe button for free, like the video, share it with your friends, and hit the notification bell so you can be made aware of when we drop new content. Listen to our main show, The Comics Pals, which drops every single Monday. We're talking about all the characters you love and all the places you can find them. Come for the news. Here are awesome interviews. We actually just interviewed recently uh, Sal from Comic Pop. So if you're a fan of that show, give that episode a listen as well. And we've got a whole host of book clubs in our backlog. Uh, we've been doing book clubs for years at this point. So I guarantee you that we've done one based on a book that you like at some point. If we haven't, write in, let us know with a recommendation, and we will do your recommendation for a book club soon. So first things first, obviously, this is a very specific time In the history of Spider-Man, this is just after the death of Harry Osborn, which kind of looms over the book as a, as a, as a cloud. Um, I think each of us probably has some level of familiarity with this particular time in Spider-Man's history. Uh, is there anyone here who hasn't read this prior to now or doesn't really understand what was happening at the time? Oh, right here. Pick me. Go for it. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I actually haven't either. Oh wow! Really, Kale? That's surprising. Yeah. I it's always just missed me. I'm yeah, I'm surprised by that on, on Kale's part. So, what did you guys expect? You two in particular? Uh, I have the only familiarity I have with Carnage is from the Ultimate Spider-Man game, where you fight like like with as Venom and stuff. 
Um, so probably even at like a different kind of carnage. Um, oh, whoa. The ultimate Spider-Man yeah, game. Yeah. Jeez, yes. yeah. Yeah. So Classic. Um, I didn't have any expectations. I just kind of knew that it was going to be a, like from from what I understand of Carnage, a you know, more uh, I guess violent in the sense that it's like more over the top. Um, and I, uh-huh. I guess that's kind of what I got. So I wasn't uh, I wasn't that surprised, and um, I kind of just like went for the ride. Um, whether or not you know that was a great ride, I guess we'll talk about it. But uh, I I was there. I was you know I I participated <laughs> alongside it. So. No expectations, mm. and it, it held me down a bit. We'll find out if you liked it more than Onslaught. Oh, come on. You can't. That's a gem. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what about you, Kale? Uh, yeah, very similarly. Um, I just... Um, I, For me, anytime I was in a comic shop and I would pass by this book, I would pick it up and go, damn, I gotta get this. I just never pulled the trigger on it. Um, I, I know when I was a kid, I looked at the video game. Again, I just never... Uh, just was never a priority um my only familiarity with carnage outside of anything within the past i don't know 15 years and and the cultural osmosis is the uh the cartoon um so going into this book i i I sort of i don't know why i had an idea that he would like take over the city (laughs) but i i knew about that and Boy, for about the first six issues, I was sure waiting for that to happen. <laughs> the cover misled you. You thought you thought this was Mayor Carnage? <laughs> <laughs> but it would have been a lot better than what we got. <laughs> well, speaking of what we got, let's let's do a little bit of a an intro conversation into how we all felt about the book. Obviously, uh, this is coming from a time where crossover and events were all the rage, and uh, they sold really well, and they also spawned toys and video games, as we discussed, um, but that doesn't necessarily re- reflect on the quality of the books themselves. So uh, what did you guys think about this book in the broad strokes? It, it had to do, I think, a lot of... It had to do a lot of work for me to care about like why, Vent, why Carnage was around. Um, I... I, I don't think I would have been interested in like just a Carnage book. He seems like a very the the character seems very two dimensional. He's just mm. uh, he's here to kill shit and fuck shit up. And all right, I, I guess I could I can be sold on that. But um, I think they they had a hard time doing that in my opinion. Um, a lot of what I felt was uh, they they kind of went back to the same well of like you know. Uh, over-the-top dramatic quips about murder and uh, blowing shit up and uh, he was really aggressive in a sort of off-putting way and um, you know I, I for, for, for what it's worth I enjoyed the Spider-Man bits a bit more than like the actual uh, main character here which I guess was supposed to be Carnage and, and his his uh, his exploits around the city yeah, I, um, boy, there are a lot of people in this book. <laughs> boy. And it's just like, if you're a Spider-Man fan, like, even if you've done the bare minimum of, of watched the cartoon at some point, the, the 90s cartoon, you're like, all right, okay, I can, I can fuck with this. Uh, but then Captain America shows up and Iron Fist 
<laughs> Deathlock. <laughs> and I just, I, <laughs> I, I just sort of got to a point where I was like, okay, did this book need this? It like I was reminded of our um, uh, Daredevil Born Again conversation with Captain America, and I, I don't know. I think I need some convincing, but um, broad strokes. Uh, to be honest, I kind of found this book a little boring. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I I found the the setup with Carnage fine, but flat. Yeah. Uh, you know his his um his his introduction into the book like you know okay he he murders a bunch of people we're told it all happens off screen and like yeah that you know it's uh you know a spider-man book so they're not gonna put him you know murdering hundreds of people on you know on a page but i don't know it just there was no resonance in it for me and that's how most of the book felt um, I think the peak of my emotions for this book was going into issue six when we start seeing the the stuff with the city actually start to unfold. And then that even just kind of peters out for me, so to okay. speak. Peters. Nice. Um, this book definitely felt like it was manufactured with uh, cross-promotion in mind, kind of like uh, Secret Wars from the 80s. Uh, we got a video game, as you mentioned earlier, that spun off of this. Um, Toy Biz launched an action figure line that spun off from this. And um, it's kind of reminiscent of the promotional anime Super Dragon Ball Heroes, which is designed to sell cards and toys and stuff. Um, and, and by that, I mean an issue would end oftentimes with an appearance of a new character as like a cliffhanger to... to get you to read the next issue which is kind of a, a cheap way to lure you in to another issue when you do it you know seven times out of 14 issues or whatever but that all said i mean i have really fond memories of reading this in like the sixth grade um it really is just like a it really does feel like a sixth grader mashing all those toys together because you know, a big part of that experience when you're like 11 years old is being like, Carrion, I don't know who that is. I need to go pull out my Marvel encyclopedia and read about this character <laughs> because I am such a Marvel mark. Um, so even though this was seemingly made to to sell other things and build and, and kind of help Marvel grow, in a way that you don't really see with event books nowadays, not not at least to this extent. I mean, you don't see like a, a video game spinning off every single major event nowadays. I I enjoyed it for what it was, I guess you could say. Yeah, I think I'm somewhere between those two opinions. Um, I I definitely have a, a similar history to it um, that Phil does. Like I read it when I was you know a teenager, and um, the novelty of kind of crossovers and the idea of like spider-man and venom teaming up and like those things weren't lost on me at that point because they were still relatively new to me as a reader uh because spider-man was the character that was my point of entry right um into the broader marvel universe so like i i similarly have fond memories of this book um and going back and reading it like i didn't uh i, I certainly didn't like hate it but like there's so many of the things about it that as a more seasoned reader now um 
are either things that like I've seen them a, a million times before or that like you can kind of see the machinations at play or like, you know, to what we've called out in terms of, you know, um, this being a book that feels very much made by a committee, right? Um, I think that said, even, even with all of that on top of it, I think that, uh, the, the thing that frustrates me about it is just its length because it's 14 issues and it really just didn't need to be. Um, <laughs> we've read a few other, uh, Spider-Man stories from this era, um, uh, for the book club. Um, the one that came to mind when we were, you know, when I was making this comparison was, uh, Venom Lethal Protector, which was like a six issue story, um, that we were all, uh, that that I remember us all enjoying it. I know I enjoyed it. Um, and I think that like when I compare what works about those books for, for me uh, when compared to this, this has like a lot of the, the trappings of its era, which, you know, are stylistic things that you wouldn't see in comics today, which will either work for you or not work for you. And like none of those things are the things that that really get in the way as much as to me, like uh, to Kale's point where there's like a lot of establishing things and then kind of pumping the brakes and then establishing things and pumping the brakes and characters leave and they come back. And, you know, it, it feels like you kind of circle the drain a little bit, you know, like it feels like the story hits a natural uh, arc and then needs to keep going. So it keeps going, you know, and it swerves a few ways um, to introduce more characters and bring more characters into the fold um, to either, you know, ideally sell more comics or, make action figures and stuff, right? And, and get people interested in other characters who don't have the same heat as Spider-Man and Venom and Carnage, you know? Um, so I, I think I think I definitely land more on the fence of I still enjoy this for, for what it is, um, but I definitely recognize that, like, my own nostalgia and love of Spider-Man um, and, this, and this era and a little bit earlier of Spider-Man... Um, definitely play a role in that you know but i don't think that that really matters right because like i'm the one reading it so for my money like i had fun with it even though there's a lot of things i'm sure i'm gonna ding it for as we get into this conversation i'm you know i've got some shit to talk but um i i still had fun i i've read this uh probably like three or four times now and uh, i think this was the time that i enjoyed it the most uh -huh. uh, yeah so I think that the book is a ton of fun. Uh, if you can describe a psycho running around New York City, uh, <laughs> murdering people, um, wanton leaf as fun. But, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Carnage is nuts and that makes watching him do anything, uh, compelling. Um, and the sort of weird family that he creates with Shriek and, uh, doppelganger and demo goblin is um well it's crazy but you know watching that their dynamic again uh i had a good time with it and i think that the story that's being told here which is about um you know this city on the brink of tearing itself apart and spider-man trying to stay himself in the midst of of being pulled deeper into insanity i think that's great um, and I think that there are a lot of really uh, awesome panels and pages in this book that um, I'm not sure it gets enough credit for. Like um, a lot of the the panels 
were actually used in the Maximum Carnage video game. Um, and if you have played that game, you probably will spot them. And I think some of them are awesome. Like, for example, this one of Spider-Man just yeah. cool. losing his shit. Like, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, you saw it. He's he's raging out because he's so upset with what has happened to New York almost overnight. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that it's really easy to, you know, uh, you know, raise your nose up at stuff like this. Um, but this is fun. This is, it's a lot of fun and it does have, you know, a heart to it, despite the fact that certainly there are elements of this that were cash grabby. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not here to, uh, shit on this book by any means. I, I had fun with it and I've got a lot of praise for it. You're, you're calling out great pages. I'm like going through the first issue, the, that last page of Carnage, just like on the desk going into Jonah's office. Like that's another just fantastic one. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah, there's a lot of really good moments like that. Absolutely. Um, so let's, let's dive in and talk about it. This is, this is probably the defining story, uh, for the Carnage character. I suspect that. Uh, there will be elements of this certainly used in the movie. Um, and we already know that Shriek is a character in it. So that's right there. Um, the only thing that will probably be missing is Spider-Man and all the various <laughs> characters that are owned by Marvel that cannot appear in this movie. You mean Cloak and Dagger are going to be in this movie? Forget about it. <laughs> we, we might see Spawn, though. <laughs> glad you said that as soon as i saw the night watch character my first thought was wait is that spawn yeah my god that <laughs> the way he gets introduced is is one of the funniest parts of the book to me because he just like sees it and just shows up and they're like yo dude and like that's it <laughs> it's like it's like making friends with people on the playground when you're yeah. seven yeah oh it's you like, want to play sweet let's go you want to come help us kill carnage or something he's like yeah sure Oh, cool! You're wearing red. Let's yeah. <laughs> Notably, Nightwatch is the only the only character who appears in this book that's not also in the video game. The that's only hard. one. I literally did not remember that character existed. <laughs> like I've read this book before, and we got there, I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy? I don't remember him at all." Look, I'm not saying I, you know, know every single corner of the Marvel Universe. I've never heard of this guy. Wow, Nightwatch, you sure seem to hate Todd McFarlane for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the book the book starts with um, Cletus just being, you know, taken around the, uh, the, uh, the insane asylum. Uh, where are they? Ravencroft. Um, and... Somehow he has regained the ability to access the symbiote or something and returns to to killing basically immediately. This is a hot start for the book. Um, Kale mentioned that we don't see him kill, but there's a lot of murder going on on this yeah. page. Um, we, we may not see it before this. I was going to say, he killed, we see him kill every one of yeah, those he's, people. He's killing like constantly. Um, he's just it's just not like bloody or whatever. Well, yeah, yeah, but you know, yeah, uh, and and you know, immediately I I had feelings because the doctor, despite the fact that she's she's watching him murder these guards, she's like wants to help him still, 
And that sets the stage for what this book is going to be. You know, it's being good in the face of the absolute worst possible evil. Um, and she dies. She's, she's going to die anyway. But she doesn't even try to run. She tries to help him and pays the ultimate price. And that's, that's going to happen a lot. Yeah. Um, the writing of Carnage here as like a serial killer. I, one thing I thought was very um, notable, I guess, is uh, it definitely felt like, you know, 40 or 50 year old, uh, old comic book nerds in the early 90s who aren't super familiar with like uh, serial killer stuff. Uh, just being really hammy. Yeah. Like the, the the page where he's talking to the doctor. He's like, I am deeply touched by your obvious sincerity, Dr. Uh, Pornella. Unfortunately, your entire life has been a sick joke. Total waste. <laughs> that, so like the, that took me out for like a second. And then literally the, the next bubble brought me back in and just like, okay, he's going to be, it, it feels like he's just going to be over the top for the like the rest of the book i need to i need to accept that and then i'm yes. gonna have like more fun with it because immediately i'm like okay uh, i don't know how i'm gonna get through this and he's like by slaying every inhabitant and i'm like all right you know he's just gonna he's just here to fuck shit up all right whatever i'm i'm gonna take it as it is at this point like every other hammy joke at this point was fine yeah you gotta just lean into it like that's his whole yeah. thing you know I don't think that I would have enjoyed this book if it was a deep analysis <laughs> of the brain of a serial killer. Sure. Uh, I think Carnage being this way, being just a an absolute uh, nut job who is a mockery of everything that it, that is and an, and a nihilist, I think that's perfect. Yeah. Um, as we talk about the art, this Carnage design is is the carnage design for me just the way he looks on the cover and throughout all this like uh with all like the kind of uh inky tentacles spewing off of him like this was synonymous with my childhood in a lot of ways this was a fresh design yeah yeah i mean it's like incredibly iconic you know i think like when you think carnage you think this you know and this issue, this first one, uh, is drawn by Ron Lim, and he really set the he really set the table uh, for what this series should look like. Uh, I think that he did a tremendous job in, in this first issue. There are so many great panels here. Um, he did he did some of uh, Lethal Protector, didn't he? I don't remember. Okay, it might have been. Um, but I, yeah. <laughs> I, I love uh, how he draws uh, Doppelganger in that first issue. Like, with the the split glass on the eye and everything is, like, so cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this first issue has a lot of work to do. It introduces so many of the players right out of the gate. And we get this awesome fight between Spider-Man and Doppelganger. Uh, Doppelganger is a character, if I remember correctly... He came from, I want to say, Infinity War uh, or Infinity Gauntlet. I th- I think that's they, right. They, yeah, yeah. Um, and he he dies, and then Demo Goblin brings him yeah, back. They mentioned it. The story. And, he's uh, from the Infinity Wars. Yeah, there's and there's there were a few doppelganger characters running around for other heroes. Uh, this is just the one that you know gets used here. I do like the way he's introduced. It's just like, and then there's Demo. I mean, then there's uh, the doppelganger. He's just there, guys. He just shows oh, up. Yeah. 
That's like I I I really uh got a kick out of that like every time it happened in the book cuz like it really really reminded me of like watching pro wrestling where it was just like cuz it was never like a natural introduction it was just like and here comes Deathlock just runs in and he's like yeah what's up I'm here I'm going to fight now and like I just it's like yeah well who cares right it doesn't matter like yeah, doppelganger's got a steel chair he's got four of them actually because he's got multiple arms <laughs> <laughs> um, well and sorry just to tag on to that quickly uh it also goes to sort of answer that question of like this is happening all over the city and only spider-man is dealing with it come on yeah, it's like, no, no, no. Literally every person who's in New York right now is yeah. dealing with it. <laughs> Daredevil's like, I need to get the next subway out of here. I'm going to Jersey. Well, it didn't make its way to Hell's Kitchen yet, so he's, yeah. he doesn't give a <laughs> shit. <laughs> For those of you who are reading uh, Nick Spencer's Spider-Man right now, uh, this this death, this Harry Osborn um, funeral scene and him being dead, uh, this is the version of Harry that is in that book. This this dead Harry Osborn um, that goes to hell and then comes back and is now tormenting Peter there. Um, the one who became Green Goblin a second time, right? <laughs> or was that only the first time? Uh, the first time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think this first issue is real good. It sets the stage and it, it establishes what we're going to be dealing with and the central problem for the main character, who's Spider-Man. You know, he's dealing with problems on all sides. He lost his best friend. His wife is mad at him because his life is absolutely crazy. And all she wants is for him to take two weeks <laughs> off of being Spider-Man to try and, and be a little bit, you know, have a little bit of a normal life together and of course that can't happen because you know as he's trying to chill out the world has gone a little bit nuts uh so yeah i i love this first issue and it really um puts everything on the line and again as pete mentioned and i'm holding up the page now that last so page fucking good of, of <laughs> carnage uh meeting up with jay jonah jameson is just just classic absolutely <laughs> yeah and yeah, the, the book the book only gets crazier because in the next issue, it's not even two pages in when we get introduced to Cloak and Dagger. <laughs> <laughs> that was another thing. Like, I like I remembered that they were in this story, but like I was like, really? Like, th- like this is just it? Like he just falls down a manhole cover, and they're like, "Yo, what's up, Spider Man?" <laughs> but you know, when you're a kid, that's the hypest shit ever. You gotta I know. understand, like. <laughs> When you're playing one of these games or watching the cartoons and all of a sudden, like, a character like that just appears, it's like, all right, yeah, let's go. I remember playing the game and I always love the part where Cloak and Dagger come out because when Cloak uses his powers, the whole screen goes black except for him and anybody who's on the screen if they're a regular goon, they'll die. And if they're a boss, they'll take massive damage. And I was just like, yo, who is this? This is so cool. <laughs> it's like, this guy's um, crazy. Yeah. And their appearance here is just as awesome. Like, it, it's just so much fun. And, you know, Phil keeps bringing up what it's like to read this or engage with this kind of stuff as a kid. And I think, you know, you got to look at it from that lens. Yeah. Because that's that's what it's for. Yeah. We 
we kind of get away from that sometimes about like uh, who comic books are designed for. Uh, I think over the last 30 years, a lot of comics have been written for male, like middle-aged guys or whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I think, especially in this book, in this time period, this was a comic book that was being written for like all audiences in mind. Yeah, especially just the over top, the like over the top nature of it, um, with all these introductions, with all of these like quick panels and like quick action. It, yeah, you definitely have to be in that mindset because if not, um, it, it would have made it a lot harder to read. I think the one thing that, uh, did make it hard were the thought bubbles where like they would explain some of the things going on the page going on on the page uh where they'd be like wow i dodged this and we got just out of the nick of time because this person's power like whatever like there's not a lot of moments in between where you can show that sequentially so you got to kind of fill it in with like here's how it made sense logically and you'd be like oh okay fine um but other than that these are good beats they had good moments i i think that that style is like a very of its time thing right because like we talk about how comics like you know very much used to be written in that way where like any issue is supposed to be able to be your first right and like every issue of this is kind of like that you know like it's trying to contextualize for you how people's powers work or what's already happened if you haven't seen it where where spider-man at emotionally right now if you've missed an issue um well that's because it's spread across 14 different titles written by seven different people introducing right. a thousand different characters all at once but but to that point i mean i appreciated that like when we first see venom in like what issue three and he's just like oh you know he's arriving in LaGuardia because he was coming from san francisco and uh his the alien symbiote is actually the clothes and then he's like okay cool a quick one-page summary he's mad at carnage then he flips out turns into venom that's all i needed to know and i can i can move from there i can hit the ground running yeah. And I mean and and to the uh the point that Sean made, right? Like if you're if you're a kid and you're reading this or whatever, right? And you like want to know about one of these characters, like there isn't in, you know, at the time there's not an internet or a place like unless you have the Marvel encyclopedia <laughs> that Phil and I had that you could go reference. Uh <laughs> You had no fucking idea who these people were, how their powers worked and like you need that context, you know? Like um and and there isn't a culture of you being able to go figure it out somewhere else. Uh, that Venom bit was what, probably like one of my favorite jokes. Like I actually laughed where the police officer stops him. He's like, Venom. <laughs> and he's like, could freeze possibly be the word you're looking for? Sorry. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, damn. All right. That was fucking good. That's old comics, yeah, man. It was a great it's beat. so corny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god there's so many there's so many jokes like that like that in this where it's just like it's it's so uh it's very like cartoon yeah yeah know? uh like very like saturday morning quippy kind of thing i appreciated that that was um, cool yeah it's it's you know it's classic superhero shit i have to point this out because when i was a kid this panel it's in the video game, so that's why I know it from when I was a kid. It, I just didn't understand it, particularly what Peter is wearing. Um, without the context of the rest of the story, what he's wearing just doesn't make any sense. So it's it's right here. If you guys are on YouTube, you can his, see his it. little bear <laughs> slippers. What are those slippers Wait, about? First of all, he's got he's got 
the fuzzy, they're like bare feet slippers. He's trying to kick back <laughs> with his fuzzy Pull bear slippers. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous that he's wearing those. And when I was a kid, I was like, wait, what's wrong with his feet? Like, what? what <laughs> is Spider-Man a werewolf? <laughs> what's going on with that? Like, that's funny. They broke, his, they broke his ribs. Now he's turning into a bear. <laughs> it's really funny. The, that would have been a direction. Uh, when I was reading that issue, I was laying in bed with, with my fiance, and it's the only page that I took the time to show her in the entire book. I was like, look at Spider-Man's fucking slippers. <laughs> I, I like that you guys called that out. I didn't even notice until you said that right now. I was much more focused on uh, another person, on another character on that page. Mary Jane. Yep. Looking real oh, good. I was, I was talking about Venom, but okay. Oh, <laughs> Mary enough. Jane, how can you be smoking? I don't want to lose you too. I mean, she was smoking hot. I don't know about that. Hey, <laughs> I love I the really... anti-smoking PSA. It's a yeah. nasty, it filthy did. habit, kids. Don't that, do it. <laughs> that was such a like uh, such a '90s thing. But I was like, damn, that's right. Smoking was like a thing back in the day. And yet, she continues to smoke throughout the book. Like, she's stressed out, she's chain smoking. <laughs> I think you're supposed to be worried about her. Like, oh, no, she's still smoking. On the point, though, of of what Spider-Man's wearing and and also what MJ's wearing, in the very next issue, in basically the next moment, they're wearing completely different clothes. Yes, yep. That, yeah. (laughs) That that is, like, such a funny thing, too. Like, the, just the, the way that, like, the costumes look different depend on who's drawing it, like, all that stuff. Like, you know... Um, like I'm looking at issue three where they're recapping uh, how how Dagger died, and it's like in this one, it's like the dagger is so much wider out. Like she's got like a black cat, like naked V going on. It's like that doesn't look like a dagger to me. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there the, there's just no consistency um, at times, and that's frustrating. But it's probably because of the way that this kind of crossover has to be produced where everyone's kind of working on stuff at the same time and they're going from a general because this is weekly at the time right Uh, probably i mean it 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 only took place over the course of a few months it was from may to august so uh, it was 14 chapters so yes yeah and and again they're all completely separate titles right uh yeah there's well there's uh Spider-Man Unlimited, Amazing Spider-Man, Web, Web of uh, Spider-Man. I think there was another one. Wait. Is it Friendly Neighborhood? Could be. So, I mean, to to that, like to their credit, though, like it flows pretty well outside of some of the art consistencies. Yeah. I think that that was actually something that was pretty impressive that I didn't expect. I, I guess I, I feel like now, um, at least some of the, the events that we've read um, that are more... Uh, I guess more current don't have that connective tissue or, or as much of a connective tissue all the time. So I did appreciate that this felt like from this beat to this beat to this beat, like even looking at the stuff that we've been reading for the, um, the, the hellfire gala, right? Like certain issues start at different points in, in time and it, none of it's necessarily sequential from that perspective. It, it just deals with things that happen in the event rather than like a set piece of uh, direction. Well, interesting. I mean, every issue basically ends with either a new character popping up, like I mentioned before, or it's like, oh no, Carnage's team just lost a fight. They got to regroup. Or, oh, Spider Man and Venom's team just lost a fight. They got to regroup. <laughs> yeah. 
Real quick, before we get too far away <clears throat> from this issue or and like the art inconsist- art inconsistencies thing, can we talk about how there's like a part in the middle of that issue where like Mary Jane has highlights? <laughs> and then they're, they're just not there later in that same issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just random stuff like that. It's 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 funny. Like I it's you don't know, know if they it are highlights though. I was wondering. I think that. it's supposed to be the TV reflecting on her. Yeah. Because there's another one where she looks like she has blonde hair because she's like being bathed in the light of the TV and stuff. Oh, but yeah. It it changes from panel to panel on the same page depending on the lighting. Mm. Um I don't think she's meant to have highlights, and also I don't know like how uh, in in vogue highlights were in the early '90s, even you know. Yeah, no, it's just it's just funny. Well, for a model, I mean, oh, fair and an actress, True. yeah, fair and an actress. Secret mm. hospital. That's uh, this is my favorite panel in the entire book by far. This is the best. Uh, it's the family photo. <laughs> panel. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Like that looks like that could have been the promo art for like a uh, a TV show, like a, a sitcom or something like that. Carnage Vision. <laughs> Yo, oh my god! I wanna I wanna just take that. I wanna like commission someone to do a full size of it, and then like get it, you know, framed. I'll just give it to Sean to put on his wall. It gets a family oh, yeah. photo. <laughs> it's brilliant. Like Doppelganger is a monstrous demon creature and he's just smiling for his little smile (laughs) (laughs) he's just the dog (laughs) yeah well we 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 really haven't talked about their family dynamic yet but like when they introduce shriek i keep thinking like does carnage need a girlfriend does he want a girlfriend like he doesn't seem like interested in you know uh what you know people do in relationships it's just like ah i got these sweet cheeks next to me (laughs) what what do people do in relationships oh they fuck um, <laughs> there's a, and there's like there's another I, there's a, I wouldn't know yeah right there's a uh, there's a panel where they're all on a roof and doppelganger just has one of his claws like on uh, shrieks like inner thigh like, yes <laughs> it's like okay alright maybe I guess that's how maybe this is arm candy sometimes I guess I mean all the times that carnage was referred to as daddy I <laughs> was a lot death. it was a lot I hate it genuinely i hated all of the family stuff <laughs> it was just so odd like i don't know why they needed to go in that direction well and even like once like okay all right this is weird but like they're psychopaths i get it but they beat you over the head with it all 14 issues yeah i mean it's i guess it's the idea that they're all dysfunctional monsters uh and they're trying to create you know a family of their own but it's very heavy-handed uh, and I don't think it needed to be as overt as it was. But I, I definitely agree with that. And I think the thing that f- that like f- ended up frustrating me about it was like I didn't. I don't know. Like it was something that like I found myself rolling my eyes at. But I was like, okay, this is the conceit, right? But then like when Carnage like kills Doppelganger. And Shriek's just like, okay, whatever. And it's like, like she literally like seconds earlier is like, no. And then they're just like, okay, whatever. 
Like, and there's like a lot of moments like that where like someone will be like emotionally invested in something and then just be like, okay. Cause like that happens with like Spider-Man too, where like Cloak's freaking out cause Dagger's been murdered and he's like, whoa, calm down, bud. And I'm like, his, his fucking partner just died. Like, that was wild. What do you mean calm down, Spider-Man? Work on your bedside manner. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, uh, and this this was actually my first experience with Felicity. Um, oh, Felicia, Felicia, sorry, Felicia. <laughs> uh, she was a cool character. I liked Black Cat. I, w- I actually wish I would have gotten more, and, and I I don't have context into like their relationship. Um, but th- uh, when when Peter has to go to somebody like to like talk to, uh, I appreciated that that they had that moment because at the very least they, they communicated that, you know, this is like a, a person who's at least special. And they mentioned that, um, she's the only other person that knows his identity. I'm like, God, oh, this is, this yeah. is interesting. This is a cool dynamic. Yeah. I really love Felicia. Um, as you can probably tell, if you can see on YouTube, I've got a painting of them behind me. Um, and that's like a big thing in the, <clears throat> the main arc of, of ASM, um, where Peter's kind of like, going back and forth between like, should he be with black cat? You know, like, and, um, he, the thing about their relationship that works is that he doesn't have to hide who he is. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but then they kind of like have a falling out because she's really feels like she's more in love with Spider-Man and damn, you know, so that's, that's like the kinda, drama. There's a, it's, there's great juice. Oh, shit. Yeah. And in, in the end, he's with black cat. and oh. Mary Jane. So Mark, we have a lot to be excited for with the, uh, black cat movie that's coming out from that's Sony right Pictures. okay well, why would you have to bring that up you know huh? why would you have to just hurt me like that <laughs> hmm? that movie ain't coming out <laughs> uh, thank you sean thank you <laughs> uh, we got venom too i don't know man let me fucking dream <laughs> fucking morbius coming up <laughs> but yeah that is true that movie is coming out <laughs> <laughs> that's fine they can ruin movies <laughs> morbius Mobius. Mobius. That's a movie I like to see. <laughs> um, Venom was pretty cool here too. Uh, he's Venom is like all rage. He just wants Carnage dead. And seeing Spider-Man and Venom team up when I was a kid, I didn't get that at all. I didn't understand that one single bit uh, because in the show they hated each other. So when I got the video game and it was Spider-Man and Venom teaming up to face off against Carnage, I was just like, wait, whoa, why? What? Like, how? Um, and obviously, if you've read Lethal Protector, you understand that he's turned over a new leaf and he just wants to protect people and be a good guy. But Carnage and Spider-Man kind of still bring out that that murder streak in him. Spider-Man to a far lesser extent, clearly as he's willing to team up with his worst enemy to stop his worst enemy. Um, and I like, their shit. Di- <laughs> yeah. I, I like their dynamic here where Spider-Man is trying to beat Carnage, but also trying to stop Venom from killing Carnage and how frequently that causes friction between not just those two, but the rest of the team that they've assembled. Yeah. We have to let them and- get away so that we can fight him again next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, and the audience. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, Carnage rules, guys. I don't know if you knew that. But- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Spidey stinks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not sure why that needed to be there, but okay. 
I think it's extremely funny to me because like we're told multiple times that it's like this is where Carnage was kept when he was like a little kid and then like he burned it down. I'm like, then when did he write this on the wall? <laughs> he went back. And, he went back know. to do some tagging. Like, honestly, <laughs> With what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just had a tiny <laughs> It's like what the- <laughs> it's probably human entrails to be honest. <laughs> you talk about scenes that needed to be in the book, like I need that. <laughs> or like, or there, there would have been a caption that I would have enjoyed. Like, ah, yes, Carnage wrote this with human blood ten years yeah. ago when he Tom, burned down the orphanage. Tom was <laughs> like, "This is in the book where I walk." <laughs> <laughs> um, I also could see that being the kind of thing that Venom gets mad about. Like, Carnage doesn't rule. <laughs> <laughs> Carnage doesn't rule. Venom rules. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. There's just so much, so much like '90s ass yeah. shit in this book, and I'm here for all of it. Like, you know what? Carnage does rule. Sean, <laughs> Sean, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at this. Uh, it's in issue four, and you said it's some '90s ass shit, and it's the part where, where Black Cat, Venom, and Spider Man are looking for Carnage. And I scroll, I got to the page where he's swinging by, and he's got little headphones on. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is some 90s ass shit. What are you listening to? Snoop Dogg? His portable CD players keep skipping. Oh my god. Like, dude, my Walkman just ran out of batteries. (laughs) Fuck. That that is awful. Um, That would turn me into carnage. Um, Walkman's rule. We haven't spoken about Peter's parents being involved yet. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so this is this is during the time when it's revealed that they were spies and they were finally released from a a, a Soviet pr- a Russian prison uh, after twenty years. Which they were in a Soviet prison. Sounds plausible. Spoiler: uh, It wasn't. <laughs> yeah. That's not what happened. Well, but it was a Soviet prison, guys. They were there for twenty years. I, I love that that his dad Richard is just a he's just an ass, like. <laughs> All the other characters in the book, like the civilians, they're being impacted by Shriek's powers and it's amplifying, you know, their their negative emotions and making them nuts. This dude is like that from Jump. Like, he's just <laughs> a negative guy. And even even uh, Peter's mother, uh, who I think is named Mary, yeah. Yeah. Um, presumably went through the same experience he did. And she's like, calm down, Richard. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, she has, like, two lines of dialogue, and they're both like, now, now, Richard, don't yeah. start. He's just white rage personified. Like, he's also, just angry. <laughs> also, real quick, I, I can we just talk about this? Because I've never had a, 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 a platform to discuss this before. When they were naming Peter's mother, they're like, we'll just add one letter to May. That'll work, right? <laughs> oh, well, but then also Mary Jane is... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, what, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? Would you run out of names? <laughs> hey, 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 at least it wasn't Martha. That would have been bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would have made bad. it really easy to remember all the most popular superheroes' parents' names. <laughs> I mean, they all start with M's. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> all the relevant they're all characters. The, they're all the most generic female names you could possibly come up with. Yeah. I think fifty percent of women in America, in like the fifties, sixties, and seventies, were either named May or Mary, so or Martha. <laughs> you might be right. I- I'm just curious. Who was everyone's favorite 
hero or villain in the book? Great question. Great question. Uh, you know what? I, I like to carry it. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a lot of problems with this book, but when he showed up at that at that exact moment where I went, oh, fuck, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and then he just kind of stuck around. I was like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> he touched a dude. He has, the, you know what? He has the same this guy. exact dumbass introduction as fucking Spawn ripoff, yeah. where it's just like, they're like, he just shows up. He literally just like walks up to them and they're like, all right, cool. He's in the gang. <laughs> yeah. If you look at the, if you look no. at that panel, he actually looks like he stumbles into the frame. Like, <laughs> yeah. Is that yeah. my cue? <laughs> oh shit! I didn't do this, did I? Carnage is like this dude rules. He sucks people off, and everyone's like, "Whoa, Carnage! Why? I rule." My favorite carrion moment is when he he's it's like towards the end of the book. And he Shriek gets hit or some or she's angry and Karen is like mommy and he's like she's like get this right I'm not your mother and smokes him like yeah <laughs> why it's like you've said this so many times <laughs> <laughs> like he bought into the family dynamic and then she shits on him <laughs> yeah yeah he's the, he's the black sheep you know yeah well anyone else who was everybody's favorite hero or villain. So when I was a kid, I remember being on this Spider-Man website all the time that had like the biography of all the characters from uh, like your most famous to like what Axel Man, the dude who was like just a dude with two giant tires on his arms. <laughs> um, and I remember at the time, you know, I was like, "There's four Green Goblins and there's four Hobgoblins," but then it was like, and then there's the Demo Goblin, and I was like, "Oh, well, he's the most badass, right? Like he's the souped-up version of those guys." And uh, his gimmick is that he's just like kind of like an evil ghostwriter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I still had that '90s kids reaction of like, well, yeah, he's the most badass goblin of all. He's got, yeah, love him. That's not uh, <laughs> that's not a '90s take. That's a very much right now take because that was that that was my favorite character. <laughs> my dude rolls up is like, all the sinners must burn. Karn just like, word, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> <laughs> My thing uh, is, he wants to kill all the sinners, but everyone he's killing <laughs> is an innocent person. And he's hanging out with fucking serial murderers. <laughs> with sinners. Uh, and, his, and, and his beef with these serial killers is that they don't have yeah, a plan. Right. You're so unorganized. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad roommate situation. It's the odd couple. Yeah. Carnage is the messy one, and Demo Goblin's the one that likes having a nice, neat house. But I like how he's just like, yeah. You guys- have to follow the chore chart, Carnage. <laughs> <laughs> these guys it, will help me find sinners. It makes no fucking sense that he hangs out with them. I, I thought that every time they had a conflict and he's like, you know what? Fuck this. And then he's like, nah, all right, I'll stay and kill you later. And I'm like, just do it, bro. Like, <laughs> he sees a priest. He's like, ah, yes, father, time to kill you. Sinner. Like, What's your deal, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely believe that they chose the cast of characters for this book based on the color of their costume. Yeah, absolutely. I, and who, would, really who, absolutely. Would, who would fill out the the rainbow in the action figure package? Yeah, <laughs> but not even a rainbow. Like with 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 very few exceptions, all of them are wearing red and or blue. <laughs> all of them, or it's black, crazy. or black, and, and black. <laughs> 
speaking of um, uh, our favorite heroes now, uh, I enjoyed Cloak in this a lot because every panel he's in, he's just crying about Dagger. Like, literally, he's sobbing. (laughs) (laughs) Cloak? Well, I mean... Yeah, dude, he went through some shit. (laughs) I know, but like the way it's illustrated, it's just like my man is crying buckets. I like when he's just like, "I'm really sad. I gotta teleport away for a while. I'll be back later." (laughs) He literally went to go chill in a church and just be sad. (laughs) The rest of the book. I mean, that's what I do. He's like, "Wait, there's something happening here. I gotta figure it out." And he's like, "Don't worry, my girlfriend came out of my cloak or whatever. We're back." Like, (laughs) okay, cool. Um, I, I, I think on the, the, the good guy side, like I'm very partial to this stage of Venom before he's like a pure good guy. And like, he has a lot of my favorite one-liners. Um, you know, we were talking about like some of the really like hammy fucking dialogue. I found one when you asked this where it's after Spider-Man's look. Spider-Man's like, I'll do everything in my power to stop Carnage, but I'll do it my way. And he goes, yeah, yeah, you and Sinatra. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, that Venom. <laughs> that was good. And it's funny how at the time, especially these 50-year-olds writing this book, <laughs> that was probably a very uh, topical reference. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I, I'm glad the other topical references they made, I had to fucking look up. I don't know what was going on in the 90s. I've heard of Frank Sinatra. <laughs> I think Frank Sinatra literally died in, like, 1993. <laughs> oh, well then, <laughs> that was how they paid homage. To him. <laughs> on on the hero side, uh, had to be the costume cutaways. Um, <laughs> that was it for me. Wait, what do you mean? Bl- black hat and uh, and dagger. Oh, 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 oh! <laughs> They're, They're the real, real heroes. heroes that's right. <laughs> Got you. Yes. The cutouts. Yeah. Those are the pages that Marco had to linger the longest. on. <laughs> He's like, yo, black cat, all right. Honestly. <laughs> Real art analysis. <laughs> How do they keep it, like, so symmetrical and... The artist? Oh, well, they're just, you know, they've been drawing for years. Oh, okay. Rulers. <laughs> rulers. <laughs> I'm just imagining black cat has, like, a bunch of rulers inside <laughs> the suit. <laughs> How the hell do you think she gets it on? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, big fan of Morbius, who uh, shows up, knees a guy, and has to go to sleep. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, like, my, my favorite is- Morbius panel is when he's on the computer. Like- <laughs> yeah, this pr- the printing of this is only going to take two minutes, but I can't send an email. And I, oh. I, I just like was I, I couldn't help but think if you have this important like data collecting mission, why are you sending the guy, the only one of you who has a time limitation right? where it's going right? to fuck up him being able to deliver the this very important intel. <laughs> the library is... Fuck, someone's on the, <laughs> someone's on the phone, my dial-up. <laughs> the library is only open from 8 to like 5, not their best hours for Morbius. <laughs> no, but you know what? He'll just sneak in. Fuck it. For me, I, I mean, I, I I love the joke answers, but I genuinely am going to have to choose Captain America just because uh, he's like the best part of the book where, you know, everyone else is just leaning into their depravity. He's like the voice of reason. Um, and it's, it's really a tide turner when he decides to join the fray. I love the idea that all the Avengers are gone on a mission. They're out of town. Captain America is the only one who comes back. He comes back early for no reason. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> why would that ever happen? The leader of the team came back yep. first. Yep. Um, He's like, you guys got this, right? Yeah. I'm going to duck out. <laughs> I'm going to head home. I need <laughs> my well, favorite, uh, you, you brought up Cat, one of my favorite moments in the book. I, and it's like, it's not funny, but like the visual of it, I think especially out of context, is hilarious to me, is when they have that moment where every one of the superheroes like talks down a normal person. And oh, there's like this guy who's got a brick and he's like, hey, I hate these windows looking like a mirror showing me what a failure I am. I'll break them all. And then it's just Cat behind him and he has like this doe-eyed child look and he's like, I'm, I'm sorry, Captain America. Just drops the brick. <laughs> I thought that was so fucking funny for I some reason. I read that like three times because I loved it so much. You're right, Captain America. Buildings matter too. <laughs> But that's not my favorite of those moments. My favorite is the computer guy. 10 megs of RAM and 80 meg hard drive. Why shouldn't I take it? I deserve. And then Deathlock of all people, because of course he's, he's you know, a computer. A Terminator is like, computers make life better, son. Stealing them doesn't. <laughs> well, the, uh, the, the lady that was about to drop her kids off the building, Spider-Man stops her. That was yeah, insane. Sp- Spider-Man saved my kids. And where are they now? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you here? (laughs) My thing is also, Spider-Man saved both your kids, but one of your kids is going to have irrevocable damage. That kid is trauma. That's a super future. That's a future supervillain of I ever saw one. Here's the thing that you guys are missing about that scene. So I'm going to hold up the first page with her, right? You guys can see that on YouTube. There she is, okay? Yeah. And here's the scene where she says, Spider-Man saved my kids. Is that the same completely person? Completely different woman. <laughs> <laughs> it's a completely different woman. She's got a big, like, she's got, like, big black permed hair in the first one, and then she's just, like, a blonde lady. Yeah, like, either that's a different character, or, more likely, it's the same character, but they just screwed up on her artwork. Whoever was coloring it forgot. Maybe not even that. I bet it was uh, just a a minor editor's note to the colors that was like, oh, this can't be that same lady. Some asshole 20 years from now is going to bring up that that point that she should be with her kids. So let's color her hair blonde and nobody nobody will think about it. She had time to change her hair color. That's all. Good point. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. It's been about 45 minutes. She had enough time to to dye it. Yeah. On that same page, by the way, I love the, the, the panel of Shriek getting a bottle thrown at her, but it bounces <laughs> off her body somehow. <laughs> it's pretty great. You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. <laughs> all I could think about in that scene. Oh my god, me too. Also, why does Carnage take Venom to the Statue of Liberty to torture him? Yeah, because it's, it's a torch, John. God. That's terrible. I love I love the beginning of that issue where it's like some fires are good, like the torch oh of the Statue of Liberty, and some, like the one cooking Venom right now, are bad. And read read Carnage's bubble right after that. I gotta find the page. I'm not on it yet. Oh, it's something like, "Don't burn your little toesy woesies." Yeah. Oh my god, that's the vibe. That's pretty terrible. Also, we have to talk about the machine that Jesus the heroes Christ. use to uh, undo the mental damage that's being done and to harm the villain. So, do you have the name in front of you? I of absolutely do. Right? I absolutely do. Uh, it is the where is it? Okay, 
There's a reply. It's a lost, it's lost in the wine of the extraordinary apparatus cyberlinked into Deathlock circuitry. The scientists at the nearby Rand Corporation laboratory, where it was hastily created, dubbed it an Alpha Magni Illuminizer. Illuminizor. Sure. Yes. That's an action figure accessory if I've ever <laughs> heard one. I love uh, that's like so funny to me uh in like old ass comics where they'll just be like, "Yes, we invented this device and if we say enough words together, you'll just accept it and move on." Here's here's the two the two uh the the, the polarity of this book. So on the one hand, you have the uh Alpha Magni Illuminazor, right? And on the other hand, you have the sonic gun. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that, that perfect shot of Spider-Man just holding a gun. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's okay. <laughs> I love it. need guns. This book is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> that's a word for it. Carnage rising art. out of the water. Like, there's just so many amazing panels in that this book. That is one of the weirdest fucking things, too. And I love how in the next issue, they're like, Spider-Man's like, he must have put a costume on one of his victims so it would look like him. And I was like, sure. He just ha- just happens to be right in front of the pond where he can wait just long enough for Venom and Spider-Man to finish their conversation. <laughs> I will say uh, it was the point was made earlier that the book goes on too long, and I definitely think that towards the end here that's evident. Like they beat him, and then he just rises out of the water, and now it's time to fight again. Then they chase him to the you know burned down but not burned down uh, orphanage that he grew up in. And then he escapes from that. And then they have to keep chasing him to the graveyard where they fight him again and finally beat him. But the graveyard is right next to like a chemical plant that explodes. <laughs> and that's, that's the end of that. Like, yeah. And that's after like three issues of Venom getting tortured on like in the Statue of Liberty or whatever. <laughs> I also love how Spider-Man's just like, oh, I forgot that you were kidnapped. My bad. <laughs> He's like, even I couldn't keep track of how many fucking people were involved in this. Word. Like, you literally just forget that Venom's a character here for a while. And then he's just like, oh, it's over. All right. I'm mad at you now because you beat him without me. And it's like, even like, we didn't even like name all the characters. Like, we, didn't, we haven't even mentioned that like Firestar's in this book. And she's like, she has like a whole plot. And it's like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. Spider-Man and his amazing friends needed a commercial too, I guess. I loved her in this book as well. She was yeah. awesome. No, and it's like no shade. It's just like, it's like the 14th character that they introduce. Not enough. Not enough. They're like, I know who we need. Firestar. All right. And then she almost kills Carnage. And then she kind of just hangs around and is like struggling with what's going on. <laughs> she threw me for a second. I really thought it was like Mary Jane in a costume at first. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, Firestar. Right. I forgot. She's a character. In the in the video game, uh, you can summon. the So you can only play as Spider-Man or Venom. But you can summon every other hero in the book except for Nightwatch. And, um, <laughs> what an omission. I know. Really? <laughs> Uh, you know what? It's probably because the character looks so much like Spawn that if they were in a video game, like they would just get sued. But um, 
in that game, Firestar is like the critical summon. Like when you summon her and Carnage is on the screen, he dies because she has fire powers. And I was like, wow, she's so strong. Well, well. Also, isn't it funny that they didn't use Human Torch? Oh, yeah. They explain he's like in space. Well, yeah, they explain it. But like, <laughs> isn't it funny that they didn't oh, use yeah. Human Torch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's probably because Human Torch was popular enough. And they're like, we're trying to make Firestar happen. Yeah, we're trying to get her over. That's yeah. right. Well, this is also remember, she was in she was in the other Spider Man show with uh, it was him, her and Iceman were his amazing friends. From the seventies. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, twenty <laughs> years earlier. She's still <laughs> trying to get over, you know? <laughs> um This was also an era of Marvel where like trading cards were super like hot. And so if you just keep ma- making characters, you can keep making new trading cards. This is true. What happened to Shriek? here on this page that I'm holding up. Her face is like... That whole issue, she has yeah. that. She makes that face like three fucking times. I literally <laughs> saved that on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't know about you guys, but this was like... This was one of the most fun books that I've read oh, yeah. in a long time. I had a blast. Masterpiece. Uh, well... Yeah. You had read Onslaught yet, so... Please. I guarantee you that Onslaught is not as fun okay, to read as this. Okay. First of all, Onslaught's pr- Onslaught is like how many it's issues like 30 is that? something. Too many. Right. <laughs> so you so you you prolong your your uh, your pain across 30 issues and then you don't even have Carnage rules written in, <laughs> in you, like that's not even in the book. So Sean it, I, you said extend your pain, and I really hoped you were going to say torture because I'm literally looking at the page where they're taking Eddie to go torture him. And, and Shriek goes, torture, and Carnage goes, torture is too small a word. And I was really hoping you were going to set me up for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love this. And the more we talk about it, the more fun I find this book. I think that, you know, it's a good lesson. Because we look at comics now and, like, you know, this is one of the worst events, like, overall, right? Like, if you're judging it against other events, it's not that good or anything. But it's so much fun. And I had a blast. And I feel like, it. Th- believe it or not, this event caused me to reflect on Ten of Swords. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, wait. Was that book I, good? Yeah, if I had so much fun with this... Should that should I change my tune about Ten of Swords? Nah. And then I was like, nah. <laughs> there's no sword fights. If they had all sword fought, I would have yeah. been on board. That's yeah. the problem. That it didn't jump the enough. shark. That's what I wanted it to do. Yeah. This book was fun. It was kind of campy. That book wasn't fun. That was the problem. It should have been campier. Also, I just want to bring up when we talked about uh, picking this book. I remember the first thing Sean said. He's like, "Sean's like that book sucks, though." You guys know that, right? And we're like, "Yeah, let's do it anyway." <laughs> and as it turns out, thank goodness we did it because I actually had a really great time. Because it rules. Yeah, we. Were- <laughs> <laughs> it still sucks, but it it rules. Maximum carnage rules. Yeah, guys, Hell we're yeah. hitting. All the classics we've done, you know, Mouse, we've done Watchmen, and we've done Maximum Carnage. You know it. Uh, final thoughts? You know what? I'm, I'm I'm with you, Sean. The more we talked about this book, the more I like it. This book's fucking great. It rules. <laughs> <laughs> Carnage. 
Carnage was right. <laughs> yeah, hashtag Carnage was right. You know, I think uh, there's there's a lot about this book uh, that that you can criticize, and we have, and you know, <laughs> and 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 that's like that's all well and good, but like I don't know, like this book is it has big dumb fun energy, and I don't know, like we had a good time reading it and taking the piss out of it and talking about it. And I I think you could probably have a similar amount of enjoyment if you're a Spider-Man fan and are uh, looking to take a walk down memory lane. You know what, Sean, should we, should we reflect back on uh, death metal now? Like, is that, is that the vibe? I was right about death metal. I mm, (laughs) I don't know this. I mean, I, I do think that's the vibe. It is. I was with you on that one, Pete. Surf the web, surf the web. <laughs> I I had, with what we got, it was fun. I, I, I think it was more fun, like, yeah, getting a shit on it. Not, not shit on it, but, like, talking through the beats. I, the, the one thing I, I did want to like, actually commend it for was um, there was a point where I took one issue, and I'm like, let me see if I can follow what's going on without reading anything. And I think I looked at issue eight, and I just, like, looked at all the panels i'm like oh shit i know exactly what's going on i don't need to read anything and like i get it you can just look at the art and figure out okay they're fighting this they're doing this they're doing this boom next next issue and then you go back and you know the script doesn't add much but it- <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean marco it explains how all the powers work <laughs> and, but uh you would have never known that that gun was made by the Rand Corporation. No, That's important you're right. details. You're, you're, you're absolutely correct. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd recommend this to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> anybody. I'd, I had fun reading it. It's good if you had somebody to talk to about this one. If you got to go back and be like, I need to re revisit all the big events. I don't know. But if you got to talk to somebody about it, for sure. You know what? This is that's a good point, Marco. This is kind of like purely a social experience. I feel like this is the kind of book you read issue to issue, and then you talk about it with your friends, and you're like, "Do you see when Carnage <laughs> wrote Carnage Rules on the wall? That shit was sick." <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very glad I didn't pick this up as an adult. Yeah, you would have hated like, it by right? myself. Yeah, I would have absolutely hated it, and I'm still I still don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah like talking about it was fun so like i guess it was worth it <laughs> i mean we talked about all the good things the one thing that we're missing is the cameo appearance of 90s thor who had all the pouches in that last issue and he's in a vest <laughs> <laughs> most he iconic did, appearance shout out to vision <laughs> Dude, all of the outfits. Like, Black Widow's got a super weird outfit, too. Like, everybody looks so fucking weird. Black Widow? Was that Black Widow? Yeah! She's got, like, weird, like, like the super short, like, you know, like, pixie cut kind of look. This book is really dumb, but it reminds me of, if I'm being honest, this is is the type of book that reminds me of why I started reading comic books. You know? And that's what it's all about. Does it hold up to the scrutiny of uh, the greatest books of all time or even the greatest books of the 90s? No. But, you know, this is very much an early image style book that Marvel was doing at the time. And it's really stylish. has a lot of flair. has a lot of character. has a lot of characters. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah uh i i would recommend this to people that just purely love comic books because that's what this book is about i think beauty of comic books yeah my final thought is who the fuck is that guy (laughs) (laughs) wait wait pull it closer who the fuck is that who is that no fucking idea is that hercules i don't know oh it might be hercules samson don't know uh (laughs) so we often say dark side is I will end my thoughts with Carnage Rules. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, we, hope, we hope that you guys enjoyed this conversation about a 90s classic event, Maximum Carnage. We had a lot of fun talking about it. Let us know if you enjoy this book uh, or if you are planning on reading it ahead of Venom Let There Be Carnage, which is, of course, the only reason why we did this. Write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com if you want to share your thoughts, or you can do so in the YouTube comment section below while you're there. Hit the subscribe button, like this video for free, share it with your friends. All those things are free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. Leave us a follow, a rating, or a review wherever you're listening to this uh, on, on podcast hosting platforms. Go look at our backlog. We've done book clubs for books far better and some worse somehow than this. Uh, and we think that you will enjoy what you hear, so go give that a listen. Uh, and, of course, listen to our main show, The Comics Pals, which drops every single Monday, where the five of us have similarly fun conversations about all the things that happen in the world of comics and comic-related media. Uh, so with that, I want to leave you with this final message, The Comics Pals. Hell yeah. Take care, guys. See you next month. You guys, real quick, I found a fucking vintage Marvel shirt that just says Carnage Rules no on it. It's so fucking sick. We gotta get him. Can you put it up on the screen? <laughs> I'll pull it up for the people. It's $300. Oh my god. Let's fucking make it the first one. <laughs> okay, bye for real this time.